You'll notice that this episode is publishing a little later than normal, and we wanted to share why. Raven Saunders' mother, Clarissa, passed away this week while attending the Team USA Friends and Family Hospitality event as a guest of NBC and the US OPC at Universal Orlando Resorts, which you've seen throughout these weeks during our coverage of the games. Raven, who won silver in the women's shot put in Tokyo, is a key voice you'll hear in this episode, and the conversation you're about to hear was recorded prior to this tragic event. Raven asked that we share this statement with you. To my fans, family, and well-wishers, it's with a heavy heart I wish to thank all of you for the wonderful support throughout these past 36 hours. My mother, Clarissa Saunders, was my rock and guiding light throughout my entire life. Having her was the best blessing God could have ever given me. I'm so grateful that she was able to share this Olympic experience with me and see the fruits of our labors on earth before she was taken home by the Almighty. I will forever honor her sacrifices for our family. My mother was a great woman and will forever live through me. My number one guardian angel, I will always and forever love you. We send our deepest condolences to the Saunders family and friends. Gestures, the collection of verbal and nonverbal things we do to tell the world, I see you, do you see me? Saunders rocking the Hulk mask after she wore the Joker mask in the first round. In the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games, with absent crowds unable to give cues as to the energy on the field, those gestures have taken on even more function and amplitude. Sometimes even filling the nearly empty venues with the familiar excitement of international sport. Gestures in these games can be as quiet as a head nod to a volunteer or as loud as a gold medal, pound the ground, fall in your teammates' arms, rip your shirt open celebration. These gestures communicate the stakes and the respect present on the field, but also throughout the host nation. Crossing her arms over her head for more than 20 seconds. In today's episode, how at these Olympics, you don't have to be speaking to be saying a lot. When it's time for me to go, it explodes. It's really my intensity. It's what I'm trying to say with my eyes. Bowing is used as a greeting. It's used as a form of saying thank you, apologizing to people, showing understanding to people. And um, there's just a lot of bowing happening in the, in the Japanese culture. From NBC Sports, this is The Podium, a podcast about the Tokyo Olympic Games. Coming to you daily during the Games, we'll bring you the stories shaping the greatest athletic competition in all the world, held in extraordinary times. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. Tokyo Raven Saunders had a good day at the office and the women's shot put becoming only the third American woman to medal in the event with a second place finish. If you tuned into the start of the second Olympic week, you'd be hard pressed to miss Raven Saunders. The 25-year-old U.S. shot putter won silver and while her performance is nothing short of explosive, 
Her style and her energy are doing a pretty good job keeping pace. Raven, congratulations on your first Olympic medal. Even though we weren't physically at your event yesterday, we could feel you hyping yourself up through our screens back home. Have you always had that extra gear? Oh yeah, um, I feel like any any of my competitions, uh, like especially starting like my senior year of high school, uh, you can kind of feel when my presence is there just because me personally, I draw so much uh, outside energy. I draw so much energy for myself that, you know, when I when it's time for me to go, it kind of just, it explodes. It's really my intensity. Uh, it's, it's what I'm trying to say uh, with my eyes. Um, I talk about, you know, the fire being something that, that you can see, you know, especially when you, when you look at someone, when you look into their eyes. And, and that's really, you know, how, how it is for me as I'm walking around. It's like kind of the swagger that I have when I'm moving around, you know, the, the area. Uh, it, it's, it's really just about, you know, uh, what, what my presence says. Hey, you're able to say so much without even speaking a word, which I think is really important in an international event like the Olympics. Take us through that final day outfit, for instance. I'm seeing the Jordans. I love it. How do you express yourself through your clothing? Uh, I'm just being me because I'm like, all right, what version of me do I want to be? Like, how, how are we going to, you know, hit them with something that, that's, you know, just raving? And, uh, you know, I asked everyone to, to wear green. So I was like, ooh, I already know. I made sure that the first thing I packed was my, uh, my you know, my green and white 13s. Um, you know, with the hair, it was something that I was like, you know, everybody liked the green, you know, so I'm going to take it back to the OG Hulk with the green and purple. And then I also have my Joker mask, and, you know, he was, you know, green and purple. And then uh, Nike blessed me with these nice shades. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, you know, everything's going to come together. It certainly did come together. You holding that flag, it's really one of the defining pictures of these games so far. Another one is a more engaged demonstration, the one you did at the medal ceremony. What are you saying when you make that X? X is the intersection of where people who are oppressed meet. Um, for me personally, I represent, you know, the black community, the LGBTQ community, and those who, you know, when it comes to mental health, uh, they're struggling. Um, I've been very vocal about, you know, destigmatizing mental health. Um, and for, for all of those, those different, you know, groups and even those with disabilities, um, for me, I felt like it was my, my time to really stand in solidarity with a lot of those people and show that, you know, hey, I'm here just like you're here. And, you know, we all have to keep pushing. We all have to keep striving because the world, the more we open up and the more we talk about it, the more we keep pushing, you know, it's going to open up to us. Using this epic stage to communicate that, I appreciate it. On the more everyday level, there's a lot of gestures we're doing here in Tokyo. I mean, we bow about 200 times a day. Yeah, and I learned how to say thank you very much. It's arigato gamaso. No, gamas. Yeah, gamas. Arigato gamas. And they, they loved it. They've been loving it. I'm like, oh, I got to learn a little bit, a little bit more. <laughs> you got to keep learning, right? I'm learning so much about Japanese cuisine. What do you eat here? Do you use chopsticks? I have so many questions. Uh, the food, the food has actually been pretty decent. Um, my experience with chopsticks is actually using them to like coke stuff. Uh, so I haven't gotten the technique down. It's, it's still hard. It's hard. I'm a, eventually, I will learn. Though I have to learn how to use them. Um, and uh, sushi, I love cooked sushi. Um, yeah, that's that's my extent with it. <laughs>
What about the Japanese importance for respect of the competition and the hard work of your opponents? It seems like you and gold medalist Gong Li Zhao from China have some of that. Is that accurate? What's that relationship like? Uh, I competed against Gong, um, you know, a couple times, uh, 2018, uh, and. You know that that was uh we we were like battling it out the whole the whole entire season um so just like being able to get back out here again and you know seeing her again and being able to get that that competitive spirit going um it was something that that really had me fired up uh because like I said uh I look at it as, as you know it's it's like a war man and you know us having some really really nice battles and you know her having having more over me it just is something that you know it, it keeps me fired up it keeps my competitive spirit going and keeps me wanting to push want to do more. And obviously there's a language barrier there, right? But do you feel like you can communicate that respect out there on the field? Um, I feel like both of us with our, with our level of intensity. Um, one thing that, you know, I feel like we both can respect about each other is that, you know, we're both going to bring our A game. We're both going to be very intense. You know, she's out there, she's screaming, she's yelling, she's throwing her hands up and I'm doing the exact same thing. And, uh, you know, we, we both can understand and respect each other in that in that in that uh, in that realm. I want to know about your pre-throw routines. I mean, they're electric. You're vibing. You're gathering that energy, doing some self-talk. Is that consistent, like a routine, or or does it vary? Uh, it, it's always like what what I'm feeling in that moment. Uh, for me, uh, every practice is is different with you know the, the different affirmations or whatever it is that I'm saying to myself. Uh, as I'm preparing to go into the ring. Um, but one thing that, that, that stands true for me is the level of intensity. I'm always trying to elevate the amount of intensity that I'm bringing. I'm always trying to, you know, pull in as much energy uh, with how, I, how I'm talking to myself and how I'm circling the ring and eyeing the ring and eyeing that shot, putting eyeing those lines. Uh, it's, it's just about energy, big energy, big energy. So where are you taking that big energy next when you leave Tokyo? Uh, for me, uh, going back to the States and uh, enjoying, enjoying it, uh, I'm going to go back to the doctor and, you know, get another MRI for my hip and uh, uh, more than likely get hip surgery uh, next month um, and really get back rehabbing and get prepared for next season. And get healthy and get right. It sounds good. Uh, before you go, what's a fun thing we don't know about silver medalist Raven Saunders? Tell us. Um, twerking is really my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Japan may not be known for its twerking, but it certainly has a lot of gestures that codify interaction between people. To understand more about cultural norms, we look to Ben Sparrow of Shinka Management, a company specializing in Japanese etiquette and business practices, to learn how to navigate the gestures of the host nation. Ben, I'd like to start with the basics. What is etiquette? Why is it so important in Japan and to the people here? I think um, etiquette is a perhaps a, a, a set of unwritten rules and expectations that Japanese have of themselves, but also um, for them to feel comfortable with people within their circle for those people um, outside the circle to be practicing and understanding that, that etiquette. Our crew in Tokyo has adopted bowing as an everyday, every situation practice. 
what does that gesture mean? Well, maybe first, first of all, um, there's uh, various situations where um, you will bow and you will be bowed to. Um, bowing is used as a greeting. Um, it's used as a, a form of saying thank you, uh, apologizing to people, uh, showing understanding to people. And, um, well, when it gets down to just about anything else, really, there's just a lot of bowing happening in the, in the Japanese culture. And um, de- depending on um, which one of those uh, situations you're in, uh, the person you're bowing to, so the status of them in relation uh, to yourself, the social status uh, to them in, in relation to yourself, the, de- de- the depth of your bow um, may change. So a, a simple acknowledgement may be a short nod of the head. Um, but as uh, you start to show um, uh, uh, further levels of uh, formality in your bowing, um, your upper body will start moving down as part of the bow, and and think there are actually um, maybe five or six uh, levels or stages of, of bowing. To the most formal being actually uh, you uh, seated on the ground in a Caesar position, which is uh, uh, very famous in, in martial arts uh, circles, and then placing your hands in front of you on the ground and putting your head all the way uh, to the floor. This is the, the, the most extreme and, and formal um, uh, level of, of, of bowing, but it, it does um, uh, have that uh, extreme of, uh, of uh, different types of, of bowing depending on the formality of the situation. Sure, makes sense. What other kind of etiquette do we need to know in Japan? What's the first mistake foreigners make? Uh, well... I, I think um, the, the first one that most people do is uh, in regards to the use of the, uh, the bathroom, the toilets, and uh, uh, especially if you've found yourself in a, in a perhaps you've gone to a, a Japanese home and there are, there are certain rules around slippers and which slippers need to be worn in which parts of, of the home. So shoes aren't, aren't worn in... Uh, a Japanese house, so the, the, you take off your shoes uh, at the the entrance or the genkan uh, of of the house, and then uh, you'll be presented with some slippers to walk around uh, the house in. Um, however, those slippers you receive at the door shouldn't be worn in the toilet. So there are toilet slippers, special slippers, sitting there uh, inside the door of the toilet, which you need to change into, and that's what you use uh, in, in that space. And, and uh, a common uh, mistake for, for beginners is to forget to take off those toilet slippers and head back out to uh, your hosts and uh, them looking embarrassingly down at your feet saying, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what about sitting down for a meal? I mean, my mom always used to say, napkin in the lab, sit up straight. There's lots of good and bad gestures to be made at the table, correct? Yeah, um, particularly eat, eating or drinking on, on the train uh, is not looked upon um, very well at all. Even walking down the street and eating as you're walking, drinking as you're walking is uh, is not looked upon well in, in, in Japanese culture. Um, so if you are to 
to eat something, to drink something, to actually stand still and or sit down and and do that. And um, uh, you mentioned uh, slurping there. Slurp, slurping is actually um, uh, uh, is actually okay as you're drinking some miso soup or finishing off uh, the soup, uh, the wonderful soup that uh, uh, is sitting in your bowl of ramen. Uh, it's okay to, to make a, a slurping sound in, in those situations and it's actually uh, showing a, uh, that you've, you're enjoying uh, what, you're, uh, what you're consuming. What about chopsticks? There are a few rules around the use of chopsticks that are, are handy to to keep in mind as you're, you're landing in, in Japan and heading out to, to your first restaurant, just so that you don't look like a, a three-year-old when you're eating in the middle of, 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 of Tokyo. So um, there's, you won't find many knives and, and, and forks uh, in, in many of the, uh, the, the normal restaurants that, uh, um, that Japanese um, uh, will, will tend to uh, frequent. So um, if you can... Uh, have that practice with 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 the chopsticks, but um, a, a, a couple of, uh, of of hints in using in chopsticks. Don't um, spear food with chopsticks and then pick it up and put it in your, in your mouth. Um, don't point at people uh, with chopsticks. Uh, that's considered rude. Don't move plates and bowls around uh, with chopsticks. Um, that's considered quite rude as well. Uh, and, and don't pass food directly from your chopsticks to somebody else's uh, uh, chopsticks. Uh, that's uh, um, considered uh, quite rude also. Um, if you want to take things to, to the extreme, um, there's a lot of uh, uh, share, uh, shared plates like tapas that um, come out in, in, in Japanese uh, restaurants. So when you're um, picking from uh, the, the shared plates, um, the, the etiquette's actually turn your chopsticks around and use the thicker ends uh, to pick from the shared plates, place on your own smaller plate, and then uh, to consume what's on your smaller plate, uh, move the chopsticks uh, back around so you've got the, um, uh, the thinner end and uh, that's what goes in, in your mouth. I'm learning slowly but surely. What about credentials? Last name first, right? Yeah, this is an, uh, an interesting one, and um, and it's it's actually had a a minor tweak, official tweak to it um, over I've noticed maybe over the last uh, two years. Um, I have uh, um, always uh, uh, explained this to people as uh, the the surname surname or, or family name um, of a of a, a Japanese person. Um, when, when we um, say their name um, in, a, in an English sentence, in an English context, context, we use that surname second. So their first name first, surname second, just as we would um, uh, with an American name or an Australian name. Um, however, when they are speaking Japanese, they'll change the order of these around. Uh, so the, the surname uh, comes first. And the surname is uh, the one that uh, is most used to refer to that person as and to ad- address uh, that person. So, um, at, as an example, uh, there could be um, uh, uh, a, an individual called Ichiro Tanaka. So, Ichiro uh, is their first name. Tanaka uh, is their their surname. 
In English, we would use this this order. Uh, however, in in Japanese, the order changes around. So they would say Tanaka as their surname, and then Ichiro. Tanaka Ichiro. Before you go, anything else we need to know about Japanese etiquette and culture? Um, I think I think uh, what you can say generally about Japanese culture, and, and that point is that um, uh, they um, value the the group over the individual. So uh, the um, using the, the surname associates that uh, that person with with their their family name, uh, as opposed to using their first name, which tends to associate the person more with being the the individual. So generally, across Japanese uh, culture, um, much more than, than Western culture, uh, you'll see um, much more um, uh, um, respect of um, uh, of the group and uh, prioritization prioritization of the group over uh, the individual. Um, this works in a this this is something uh, Japanese uh, really are exposed to from from a young age, uh, coming through uh, the school system, and uh, heading into um, into uh, uh, professional uh, lives once once they be- become adults. Uh, um, at during those those school days, uh, an, an impar- important part of uh, uh, the Japanese. Um, uh, ex- experience of Japanese at, at school is to be part of a, a club. Uh, that club could be a, a sporting club, martial arts club, um, or even uh, um, a broadcasting club, or what, what, whatever that that may may be. And uh, again, the the group um, is prioritised over the individual in, in any one of those uh, those situations. From using your individual platform to speak for a wider group or simply turning your chopsticks around on the shared platter, gestures, big and small, are a defining feature of the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. Follow the podium now on Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to get automatic downloads. And tune into the networks of NBC to watch it all unfold. This podcast is presented by NordaTrack from iFit.